What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Yas here and I just wanted to say it's great to have you join me today because I'm sure we're going to have another fantastic episode. So whether you're here for the first time or if you're one of the repeat loyal listeners of the show, I truly appreciate you. But before we get to today's guest, I just have a small favour to ask, and that's if you could just take a brief moment to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Ensure that you share it with all your coaching friends, and don't forget to get in touch, guys. Let me know your thoughts on what you think of today's episode or any of the recent episodes you've listened to. You can do this on Twitter, at thecoachesnet. Once again, that's at thecoachesnet. And please make sure you do, as I'd love to hear your thoughts, guys. Anyway, on to today's show. I hope you enjoy it. Have a great day, guys. The Coaches Network. Hey guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent, and personal development. My name's Coach Yas, and I'm a UEFA A licensed football coach, coach developer, and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons, and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name's Coach Yas, and I've got a very special guest for me today. My guest today is Nevin Soraya. Afternoon, Nev. How's it going, man? Uh, yes, thanks. Thanks for having me. First of all, um, I'm great. I'm great. But for today, he's not been too too manic, so I'm looking forward to getting into this. Um, not sure if I'm the best place person to be on, but we'll we'll find out at the end of it. But yeah, I'm good. You know what, Nev? We've all got a story, and I want to start with sharing yours. So just tell us a little bit about who Nevin Soraya is and what you do, and we'll go from there. Okay. Um, basically, I'm a regional coach developer for the PFA. Um, being a member, it was it was after it wasn't when I was playing, but as getting older, I, I had I did my B license with the PFA and and my boss at the moment, Jim Hicks, and another chap called Steve Greaves who works at the, the FA um, were my tutors and and they ignited a, a real passion in me, so which led me on to like educating myself further in in the field and practicing more and. And making me understand, I, I knew very little, if that makes sense. So, um, but they ignited that passion that I just, I just ran with it, kept practicing, kept educating myself until I said to myself, right, okay, I'll, this is, that's the role I want to be in. Like that was, it's quite hard to determine what you actually want to be, but that was something for me that 
led me to being a coach developer and I, I worked hard for it the, the opportunity came and I, and I took mm. it and I haven't looked back since if I'm honest because I enjoy it so much so let, let's talk about because you know I mean you're talking about you know them inspiring you to become a coach developer and I just remember going back to the start of my journey I'm talking about right at the beginning when I first did my level one I walked in on that day and I didn't know I didn't know that's necessarily what I was thinking at the time it was something that attracted me straight it was these guys are so lucky. Like, I walked in and I saw these two tutors, you know, delivering a course of, man, these guys get to teach fo- people football. Like, I wish I could do that, you know what I mean? And it's like, so I, I, I didn't really know what I was thinking at the time other than actually, you know what, there's a there's a seed that's been planted now. So what, what was it yeah. for you? Um, I guess, it, it like you said earlier, it's, it's, it's a journey that got me to that point, if that makes sense. So without trying to drag out my story, but, I got towards the end of my playing career where I knew I didn't really want to play anymore. My body was saying, stop playing. Um, and I was kind of like, everyone's telling me, you know, get your coaching badges. So I went to do a level two, but actually as a scholar at Brentford, um, our group was failed on our on our level two because the lads messed about. Um, it was off season. Um I am not holding my hands up to that. That wasn't me. But as a group, they I think they had enough of us and went, right, you're, you're not getting a certificate. You haven't done the work. So I had to go back um, to a local grass, grass, no, not a grassroots, a county FA and do my level two, which took a while. The guys were excellent. There was lots of mums and dads on the course, uh, people that were like, I was in awe of because they were trying to educate themselves. They got full-time jobs. They've got, you know, kids they've got all of that kind of stuff and I was like wow whereas I just kind of turned up doing a bit and learn a little bit and and leave but they were like yeah I've got go and get the kids now I was a bit younger go to training tonight and I was like wow this that's a lot I had to go back for a game or something um but I've got to be honest the tutor was great but it was quite regimental in what we learned so it was hey you're going to do six minutes of this you're going to do six minutes of that and I guess part of that was because I could play a little bit. The other guys were just sort of volunteers at their grassroots club. So you, they looked to you to try and give some information as well, which I didn't have that information. I had it in my head, but how you relate that to someone else was, was really difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really six minutes of this, six minutes of this, and this is what you're going to end with. And obviously, having played for a long time, you just kind of, things happen naturally. You don't understand that that, there's a reason for that so I didn't come away inspired let's say I still was coaching but I I have to be honest I didn't take you know I can't say it blew my mind and I changed everything that I did changed a few things without a doubt and they taught me a few things but then when I got to the B license I guess naively I I went in going I'm going to get my certificate and didn't really think too much past that and then they really provoked you to think not not to say just listen to me and do what I say and do what I do. It was like, well, what do you think? And I remember getting caught in the headlights going, I don't really know what I'm thinking. You know, can't you tell me what to do and I'll do it? And and that was uncomfortable. That was really, you know, and I get that that's, that, but it made me think. And then you start thinking about the game. You'll know yourself yes, from from the amount of time you've done it. There's different eyesights to look at football when you're a coach, when you're a player, when you're a developer. They, they all look, the view looks very different. So it just ignited me to go, 
actually you've got to think for yourself we can give you some tools to, to put on mm. a session but actually you've got to think about yourself know why you're doing things like really understanding that why factor and, and why you're doing it and then how you're going to do it and mm. i haven't really thought about that before if i'm honest yeah no it's an interesting one because you know i guess certainly think back to when i started my coach you know coach education experience massively and like you said you know it's less of you know us as coach developers if you like telling the people what to do um more giving you know sharing some ideas and really checking challenging and probing their their thoughts and their considerations around the ideas that we've shared if you like yes. um yeah and really maybe kind of if you like you know lighten the spark for them to kind of develop their own ideas but you know like you said you know really delving into that why piece and then getting them to understand where is that come from when and how and how do you then how do you then develop the idea and how do you justify the idea right i think um I'm, I'm just thinking about the journey that you've kind of you shared there so far and you know you talked there about there being a naivety and in, 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 in you know maybe you didn't leave that feeling inspired and you've gone into the naive you know you said mentioned the naivety of going into your b license where you were challenged do you do you think that's one of the challenges that and one of, i guess the major differences that you sometimes might have as an ex an ex player even if even at a certain level right where there is that expectation or you know i really know the game and you know what obviously having your experiences now and maybe going on that course of the county fa for your level two and then doing the you know in comparison to the pfa course that you might have done as an apprentice how did that differ because obviously you know they you, you'd like to think that there's as best as possible level playing field in terms of the processes but actually also it needs to be recognition and understanding that you know what there'll be insights and experiences and knowledge of the game that you might have as a player that you might not honestly have as the typical mum and dad on you know just showing up and supporting a grassroots club right so how how does that in in any way shape or form if at all shape no, or dictate the content of the courses I, I, it's a brilliant it's a brilliant thought by the way and it's, it's something that we think about a lot um they're completely different the courses that are you know a level two course and, and the ones we deliver but they're they're so different for for a the right reason i think because i think if you go to you know a county fa course not that i've seen any lately so maybe i'm speaking out of turn but the information that's that's needed for the people on that course looks very different to say a scholar so i think well i do it with scholars all the time and the one thing you never have to worry about is them having an idea for a session plan of what to do but you could honestly you could give them you give them 30 seconds and go oh, can you think of a session it might be the one that they've done that day but it, it they can think of them like that whereas someone that hasn't been in that involvement for for a few years or, or train every day it's a little bit more difficult because i think the it's normally slightly older than what a scholar is when you go for a level two or a ua for c sorry and with being a little bit much more mature you think of more things whereas a, a, a 16 17 year old at a professional club is not thinking about anything other than oh okay i've got six players i'll do this so yeah um i think they they have to be tailored differently um but at the same time what what uh an fa county course will will give people that structure and that idea of planning and and why you do things the 
a player doesn't quite understand. And and, and I think that's quite a, a hard process for them to get their head round, even yeah, when they yeah. get to be licensed. Mm. And I'm, I'm just thinking, because one of the things I've always said is, you know, what, whether people think it's right or wrong, I think, then like you said, it has to be tailored to the individuals, right, and, and the group that you're working with. And I think from from a standpoint of where you're working with players or people that have have, an, have a stronger playing experience, if you like, I've always said that if we look at the four corner model as an example, I think when it comes to delivering that in a, from a coach development capacity, if we're looking at those courses that maybe the PFA do run, I'm thinking, well, actually, no, it should definitely be focused more, much more on the right-hand side where we're looking at more psych and social elements, right? Because, um, like you said, you know, typically, if we look at the demographic of the people that typically go on the courses, well, they're scholars, so they're only going to be a certain age, right? And so they've only got limited yeah. life experiences that you might have to then utilise the course to kind of engage them with around different considerations where, yeah. you know, your traditional courses, if you like, you know, you know your, your more public ones, so if you, for lack of a better way of describing it, is, well, actually, those are the people who probably haven't got as much of that technical, tactical, that physical element of understanding of what the game is requiring, demanding of the players, but they probably do have a day-to-day -day life or uh kids or they work in the real world where yes. they've you know they've developed those transferable skills that might exist around the psych and the social corners right um yeah. and it's just you know finding a way to bridge that gap and obviously but like yeah tailor it to the needs of the individuals but i think one of the things is always interesting linking back into what you said earlier is you was on a course as a player and people used to look at you as oh yeah you know nev nev can do it but actually yeah. The ability to do something and then the ability to break it down and teach that to someone else is completely different uh, absolutely i was more scared than them by the way they yeah i i just was able to master that a little bit but i was certainly more scared than them but mm. i think i think that's a, like that's an unbelievable point you've made so i think we've we've we get a freedom in the pfa in terms of we've got a structure that we work to but we we can deliver it in in our style in in how we see fit so uh, there's some that are experts in tactics and, and technical stuff. I think I'm more probably the, the personal side of things. So those skills that a parent has or, you know, a volunteer has is far beyond probably the skill set that I have or certainly did have at, at that point. But what we ask or what I ask is, and we do this as a group really in, in our South region, is every player, whether it's scholar or a pro, when they come on the course, one of the first questions we ask are, you know grab a partner list the the five or ten things that you think it takes to become a professional footballer um, because you you sit with scholars and that's what they're trying to achieve or you sit with players that like you said at the beginning we fail to reflect on our own journey if that makes sense we just kind of go with the flow um and i can guarantee you 99 percent of the things that they list are not on that left hand side of the model so they're never I get talent a few times, but you never get oh, the technical elements or the tactical elements. Uh, and you and you certainly, the physical aspect these days never comes into it because everyone's such a physical specimen that that's not, you know, that never comes up. Every other thing is on that right-hand side, whether it be, you know, a psychological factor in terms of determination or resilience because they've all had highs and lows. Even the young kids have had highs and lows. Um, and you can see their sort of mind go when you explain well if this is what it takes to become a professional and we're not doubting that because everyone lists the same type of things um we've got to include that in the training sessions that we provide mm -hmm. so how do you do that and then 
you can see him sitting there going, what? And then I think with with sort of older players on the B lasses, you can see then they start to overthink because there's a lot to take in. But like you say, it comes down to finding that balance. And, yeah. And that's... Do, you, do you think that, the, this, you know, I'm just listening to what you're saying there about, you know, listing those 10 characteristics and you know, I'm, I'm always curious about this type of stuff as you know whether it's at, at, at elite end or whether it's just kind of a, a recreational piece right in, in understanding do you think there's some cliches that, that that people just go along with because it's just what's been said right <laughs> so you're talking there about you know these these the, the 10 characteristics and majority and being on the right hand side but i i do wonder at that age you know 16 17 18 whether they're doing that just because, oh, yeah, determination, yeah, resilience, da, 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 da. but actually, what does it really mean to them? Do they really do they really believe? Have they actually really thought about it? Have they dug deep and uh, understood, actually, do you know what? It's not just about those things there. It could be this or that and this. Do you know what I mean? Have they actually considered wider things or, or, or the lists very much similar because that's just what they've been drummed into? Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant point. I guess um, 100% there in life i think most people if you ask the question you try and give the answer that you think that that person wants to wants to hear um that's true of pros or scholars or anyone i would have done the same when sitting in the course um but what we're trying to do is then you start delving into the why so that that those lists create that conversation so exactly how you explain the podcast it's not like a set of questions it's like a, a conversation that flows um with scholars is slightly different because you're trying to engage them to actually join the conversation with older players is trying to tailor them to not just speak about what they're thinking and listen to other points of view. But but, but so, even then, right. And I think it's a great point, but even then don't you, don't you think we're, we're, some, we're sometimes in danger of just assuming because they're older, they've had an opportunity to share and understand how to share and vice yeah. versa because yes. they're younger. Maybe they don't understand how to share or, that we actually have, do you know what I mean? I think you know, these are stereotypes. That obviously, we've got maybe you know subconscious bias around, right? We we have absolutely have, um, and I still haven't got quite got myself to that point where you understand where um, those biases are so deep ingrained in in people. Absolutely, um, and I guess those conversations you can. It's less about me, I guess. Once you provoke sort of a conversation like you will know yes like what you're trying to do i guess going back to my b license with jim and, and steve greaves is jim would pose a question in the morning and i'm i'm quite reserved i'd like to stay in my own little lane and, and not be you know that's how i was and before you know it there's 20 people having a conversation he's sitting down having a cup of tea so like there's this there's a and, and I'm not at that stage, right? But it, it it was that conversation amongst each other where you learn more because you, you might have a debate. It might be, yes, you you disagree with me, but we're, as long as we can do it respectfully and we can talk, I guarantee even if you don't get it in the room, you'll go away and think about it. And that might improve 1%. Yeah. It might improve 50% of, of what you do. So mm. that's what we're trying to achieve, right? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, that, that in itself is a skill as well. And I think, you know, one of the biggest kind of conversations I've had with a lot of people recently is um, the differences between, you know, people say, oh, yeah, coach, if you can coach, then you can be a coach developer. And I don't think it quite works that way. And I don't even think you need to be the best coach 
to be a, a good coach developer and vice versa, right? I just think coach development for me is much more about right. Let's how do we get people thinking? Yes. How do we get people thinking? Yeah. How do we how do we simplify some concepts, right? Coaching is like yeah, you've been able to do it on the grass, but then actually it's just like that age old comparison of you know great players don't always make great coaches, right? Because actually they might understand how to do something themselves, but they teaching that to someone else obviously you know there's another breakdown, right? So I guess. From that perspective, from that perspective, one second. Sorry, mate. Um, That's alright. Yeah. Good. So from that perspective, then we look, you know, we look at a, uh, you know, and think if we're going to be coach developers and we're going to set that set that scene, a lot of it's just about planting seeds, right? And you, you know, I think you make a great point in understanding that a lot of the information doesn't even come from the conversations that have been uh, initiated with the conversation which then come off the back of the initial in the initial conversation right so i guess from that then in your experience what's been some of the most influential conversations that you've had in those moments you know when was when you think right you know actually that that's really made me think differently about what i'm doing and uh, you know and you, you kind of shared a little bit of that one in terms of just being asked what your opinion was and just for you yeah. to start to think about it already got you thinking wow a bit of a deer in headlights moment right yeah absolutely i think um on my own personal journey that that was a big one so like i remember three days into the court and um they were talking about philosophy and this this will sound ridiculous now but um everyone's a bit tentative you know and and there's some good players in that room by the way that have played and and eventually, I put. I was brave enough to eventually put my hand up. So I'm saying, so. So what you're saying is, I should have my own philosophy, and I've got to think for myself. It doesn't have to be anyone else. And you can see Steve's face kind of go, "Hallelujah!" Finally, so you know, it's starting to sink in. But that's three, four days into the course. So um, that was a, a moment that I always think back to and go, "And this is what I'm. I've got to try and get people to open their mind a little bit." Um, I think. I don't know if there's a specific moment, but if you give people the opportunity to talk and actually it helps them because we've all, we've all got a story. You will have one equally as interesting as mine. It's probably more interesting than mine. And I find people fascinating. And, and we, especially footballers, I, I can't speak outside, but the, the guys I work with, they're, they're trained. And, and like you say, we're, we're, you know, stiff up a lip don't don't engage you know just do as you're told that kind of thing and and you can just see it in people's face when you you bring in the people telling about their story and actually they get very passionate about it um sometimes good things sometimes bad things sometimes light bulb moments but you can just see it on their on their face on their and you can just see them or it'll go quiet and you you'll observe like you do to check how the room's doing and you can just see people either in a conversation or daydreaming but but you it sounds weird but you can you can see if you've really hit some a note and they're now going uh, you know what does that mean to me what am i thinking about and, and they're actually thinking for themselves and i think that i try not to overlook that it's about the person so going into scholars like you're completely right they um have certain skills and certain they're so young that they haven't got certain elements my take on it is what we're trying to do is give them some skills 
that one day they go, I quite enjoyed that. I might come back to that. Because I, in the time that I have with them and their busy schedules, I have to be honest, I can't make them to want to be coaches right there and then. A few do, but not, you know, not many. Um, so so I, my, whereas if you're going into a course, say, with some um, Saturday teams and that are maybe going for results on the weekend or, or managing their son's team or you're trying to give them a process to plan sessions that they're going to go and, you know, next week build upon them. And the more that they do that, but these, these scholars, we have a few that go and work for the clubs, but the majority will go, I've got training tomorrow and that's what I'm thinking about. And that's completely fine because of their age. So it, it depends on the person is the, is the point I'm getting at is, and we are all different, you know, so I had a, an ex pro in who's had a glittering career was in the office with me the other day and what I finally understand is he doesn't want to be um, a Premier League manager right now he's focused on his family he wants to learn a little bit about this so that in the future in about in a few years he'll he'll hopefully go into his A license once he gets a bit more practice now I think a younger version of myself would be like, come on, like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. But that's that's just not where that person's at. So I think it's it's understanding people, which is quite hard. You'll know, yes, when you do courses and you've got, you know, 30 people in the room, that becomes difficult to learn everyone and everything about them. But it is our job to try, I think. And then we can advise or, or help them develop in, in the way that they want and, and what they need, I guess. 100 percent you know one of the kind of key things that, you know you really keeps coming at me as you're speaking there is about individuality the person their own journey their own wants and their own needs um understanding the individual right so i, I want to take that as a, a bit of an opportunity to maybe understand your journey a little bit more obviously you know i'm sitting here on the call with you right now and i'm looking at someone who probably isn't a typical face in the in the game so so you know let's just get some clarity what what, what what is your ethnic background? I'm, I'm, I'm Indian. Both parents um, hail from India and moved here in, in the 70s. And then me and my brother came along. So we've we've grown up in this. Uh, I live in Hayes and we, we grew up around this area. And, you know, there's been a lot of change since then in terms of ethnicities and stuff. We were the only, you know, South Asian family in this street, probably in the town, if I'm honest with you. And and now when you go around the town, that, that's changed completely but it was different back you know and, and you're aware of that not too bad I had a great childhood but you, you were aware of that fact at, at certain points yeah so, so and obviously you know you going into the world of football and actually becoming a I guess a scholar at the time what was that like you know because obviously that that's it's, it's almost unheard of now let alone back then yeah um, I was Luckily, I was blissfully, blissfully ignorant and, and didn't really, you did know about it, but you didn't really pay too much attention because we're so selfish. You're just thinking football. Um, and then you're going to have moments, being of our, of my ethnicity, you're going to have moments where that gets brought up for you. Um, and then you think about it, but then you've got that goal of trying to be a professional and, and trying to make it in the game. But I think that takes over that you know that awkwardness of going 
plus. I've I've got to be honest as a, as a scholar. Um, one of my teammates was also from an Indian background, and we never ever spoke about it. Not once. He was a great. He was a great guy. We never spoke about it once. But I think there was probably a little bit of reassurance with that, if that makes sense, of knowing you know you're not you're not always alone and stuff like that. So, um, mm. yeah, but yeah, we could. It depends how much you want to know. <laughs> No, I, I think I think it's a great point there because you know I, I mean I think you know you hear about all the stories that exist and all the all the challenges that exist around you know having diverse um, you know I guess squads and playing 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 groups and obviously even among coaching staff and obviously managerial staff. Um, and from my perspective, I'm always thinking about it. Sorry, um, and from my perspective, nice I'm always thinking. Of, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, from my perspective, I'm always thinking to myself like, we might look alike, but actually, also our journeys are so different, right? And I think as time's gone, like I said, you know, it's, it's rare enough to see it see it now as a South Asian in the game. Um, one can only imagine what it was like for you going back back to when you actually were coming through. But maybe just talk to us a little about you know about the importance of maybe having that representation for you in not just what it would have meant for you maybe as a player then because you know by the sounds of it it was almost as you mentioned there it wasn't really spoken about which which there was an element of okay was it not spoken about because it didn't need to be spoken about or was it not spoken about because in your particular instance you had someone that you could relate to in in some capacity or was it more a case of it was just not made feel safe to speak about. If that makes sense, absolutely. Um, um, I mean, I, I make a point of being honest. A colleague of mine that was actually a couple of years younger than me at Brentford is uh, Rish Rahman, who, who runs a um, the Ames program for the PFA in, in trying to build a support network for South Asian players. And excuse me, I didn't really, I didn't see the the value in it, but when you see players interacting, etc., you go, oh, that would have been good. That would have been good to have because there's no getting away from it. You are alone. Like, I was probably used to it. So growing up when I played in teams, I was the only Indian there. I was lucky my dad loved football and I had an older brother that loved football and played in teams. So I, I just followed their footsteps. And I think, I can't say I was exceptional. I think I, I started from a very young age I had an older brother and a dad that wanted to play football, and, and that wasn't always the case for for South Asian families in in, in the day, or, or or any you know minority at the time. So that probably propelled me, if that makes sense. So, but every team I played in, I, I was normally the only um, Asian player. And that, that's I can't say that it ever bothered me. But then when you would get the racist comment, which you didn't not so much as a kid, but as you get older. Um, going into the youth team when I made it as a, a, a YTS, as we call it then, it, it wasn't a problem, but then there might be a joke from a teammate, someone that you're close to, and, and listen, I don't know about you, but that sticks in your brain. So I remember it now, 25 years later, where most conversations you don't, for example. So I can't remember too much, probably because I'm getting too old, but, you know, back in the day, I'd say, yeah, yeah, just, just play football it was fine and, and it was fine but 
there's moments that happen that you don't forget. So they obviously left their impression, um, whether that be something that you played with, something that was happening in training, something that happened to a, a, a player of, of any sort of origin that was different than, than the norm. That would affect you because you'd feel bad for them because you, you know why, why, it's, why it's happening. Um, so there are elements of tough. And then when you reflect, you go, it plants that seed because it's so rare coming through. You go, was I, did I only get my scholarship because of, and I know that's not true. I, I, I do, but you know, maybe they just wanted to increase the diversity. I know mm. that's not true, but, but it plants that seed. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I can, I can relate to that in many respects in that, you know, I, 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 but, but you know, the thing that always comes back to me, Nev, is that, you know, only takes a certain number of, number of opportunities offered to you before you realize actually you not know, maybe I've got some skin in the game. Yeah. Regardless of what aspect or what area of the game you're in or whatever field you're in, like you know you're not going to keep getting opportunities if you're not actually good enough in the end of the day, right? Um, yes. You've got to have shown yes. some some sort of some sort of competency, and then you know obviously over time you build your credibility. But I think it's important for us to kind of have this conversation because I think there'll be so many people that are probably listening to this that just never get an insight on some of the challenges that do exist right yeah um from that perspective yeah. and it's almost it sounds cliche to say but in you know we're in 2024 now right and these things are still happening and, and to the point where some people could be listening to this thinking blimey does like i didn't even know that stuff existed let alone yeah. still existed yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, I, I guess you know, from, from your from your perspective, you know, maybe you can share some insights around. I guess. Have you got? Have you have you know? Have you found it uh, um, that maybe maybe players and even coaches that you've maybe worked with from more you know more, more diverse backgrounds have got, uh, maybe taken to you a little bit more and, and and what impact that has had and in what way shape you know in what way shape or form I wonder. Not to say that you wouldn't have had a positive journey as you have had now, but how how might that have impacted your journey and your maybe your inspiration to even become a coach and now a coach educator? Um, if you had people that look like you on that journey, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I agree. I agree with that. I think um, something that I've decided on uh, a little while ago, really, a couple, soon after joining this job, is is that when you're from certain backgrounds like that can weigh very heavy on you to, to go you know like I say sometimes if I didn't if I didn't know Jim Hicks pretty well I would ask the question of myself in my role now am, am I just filling a quota but I, I was lucky that I had I've met him and say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. 
it sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I know the man that he is, the principles that he has, so I don't have to really question that if that makes sense um but i made this sort of pact with myself that i'm not one that will go and shout to the houses i can't it's just not in my nature to go and like you know self-advertise self-promote to try and be that sort of guiding light for anyone that might go oh he looks like me and i could do you know, yeah. do that so i just stuck with be the very best that you can be to help people in our role. So you, you'll know yourself, yes, is, is all it is, is is trying to help people improve, not me tell them how to do things because lots of people have more knowledge than me. I can sadly I can assure you of that. So it is it's just trying to help people be the best that you can be. Yeah. And and trust in that process. And I did that as a player unconsciously. I tried to be the best player that I could be as a professional and a scholar, um, not so much in non-league. So I've learned a lesson from not being the best that you can be uh, and, and what impact that can have, basically. And, and I think you make a great point, right? Because I, I think, you know, I, if, you, if, you, if you're doing it with the, I guess for me, if you're, whether it's as a coach towards your players or whether it's a coach developer, right? I think, if your intention is just to kind of support people and you're doing good work, I think that gets noticed anyway. I don't think you have to tell you have to, I think with, with anything in life, right? You know, if you're shouting from the rooftops about how good you are, um, it's probably more from insecurity than anything else, right? In my opinion, yeah. now I could be right, you know, everyone's different. Some people could be uh, subconsciously not even realizing that's what's happening. But, but I think at the bottom line, I think what speaks volumes is when you've got other people feeding back to it. Do you know what, actually? Um, you know, that that course I did with Nevis, you know, just changed my whole perception of what coaching looks like or what it could mean to be yeah. a coach. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the word earlier about inspire, right? And that, that, that course I did with Nevin two, three years ago, that has inspired me to continue my journey. And I, and I think that's the best you can hope for when you're a coach developer. And, you know, sometimes people say to me, they ask me, well, why why coach development? Yes. I said, because why not? Like, you know, you, you, get to, you get to have such, the potential of impact is so great, right? In that. Yeah fundamentally we've all got one thing in common we all love the game but not everyone has to be a coach um and you know the opportunity to kind of for me and i think it it sounds like it's similar for you in that i just want to help people i enjoy helping people and to be able to do that and combine that with football it's just like a it's almost like a dream come true right we've got an opportunity to kind of impact people's lives in a positive way um hopefully more positive than negative anyway um (laughs) through through football yeah. right and i think you know well what, what, what else what else could we want and i think i think the interesting thing and i think the, the one of the key things for me is all within that is, is understanding we're all going to be different in our skills that we can offer right so even whether i'm a coach or i'm a coach developer um 
you talked about it earlier in understanding that you know maybe your skills or your 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 abilities were more linked towards understanding the individual and building relationships is kind of how I understood what you you know what you shared. But yeah, agree. How important is that? Like, you know, when, you know, at what point do you as an individual start to understand that that's where your your strength lies? Because I think one of the challenges that does come with being a coach and even as a coach developer, right, is the expert is almost like an unwritten expectation or um, unspoken expectation that oh you just need to be good at everything. Rather than actually, do you know what? Yeah. Like, I, I always, I, the question I always put pro to coaches and think again to think about is, if there was a team of like, you know, a, a team of a hundred coaches, and each coach was just responsible for one duty, what would be the duty that you'd get assigned to, based on that being your thing? Uh, well, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe bring the drinks over. I'm not sure, but, but if. Is so interesting. I had a conversation yesterday with um, someone I haven't seen in over 20 years. So we played together at Brentford when we were younger. He's he's been at the club since that point. He's still at the club now. And he was talking about you know like what he brings to the table and what, what how we we're talking about how has he been so adaptable not only as a player because he started as a a striker. He made his debut as a right winger. He ended up being a right back, etc. Um, and then went on to coach and, and went in it. He's been first team, back down, back up, all, loads of loads of things. And like what is it that you you bring in it? It's that he's like, I spent the he's like you you do adapt to so he said as a coach, he spent the first two years thinking it was all about winning. But he was doing, you know, maybe the under 21s. And you could see it in his face where he's just thinking I can't believe I was just concentrating on winning um, because he's he's obviously experienced as a coach now and he's he knows or or believes that it should be all about the development at that stage. So I, I just think we don't always know, do we, what we bring. So I don't know about you, yes, but with with us, we run courses in the summer because obviously off-season for, for players that are still playing. And we have a team of four Um and we all have completely different strengths. So, so when we plan a course, what we'll do is sort of delegate, discuss, debate who's best at, well, first of all, what do the candidates need? And yeah. then how we provide the best thing for those candidates. And some things, the more sort of empathetic things and, and workshops are probably more suited to my skill set. I work with a chap called David Bridges well. You put him on the grass, talk about football or tactics, and this guy comes alive. Where sometimes I'm in the headlights watching what he does. Does that make sense? So I think it's an understanding with your with your colleagues. Um, I've got another one, Louise Newstead, who you know she'd never tell anyone. She played for England thirty times. She's she's got this wealth of knowledge, but she's really quiet. But she's she brings a different skill set. So she challenges me to any feedback just ask a question. So like, I'm still working on that now. We we give that to the candidates to do when they feedback to each other. But so I'm not sure exactly where I fit in, but the, the more personable stuff, without a doubt. But it depends who you no, work with. Yeah, and I think everything that you just said is spot on and it, it, it transfers itself and applies itself to, to actually being part of a coaching team as well, right? And understanding, well, look, if me and, me and Neville working together with, with this group of players, well, 
actually if Nev's the guy that you know is he's better you know he's well organized and he's better at maybe leading the overall session and I'm you know I'm better at I guess interacting with players on an individual level then let's not ignore that let's let's embrace yeah. that <laughs> do you know what I mean and then uh, you know and if, if if there is a conversation that takes place and we say do you know what Nev you know this is an area for development for me I'll you know I'll, I'd like to kind of lead on a few and you know an area for development might be for you to work with the individual and let's have that conversation but let's let's understand why we're doing what we're doing let's let's let's, let's do it meaningfully right it's it's brilliantly put yes and, and i think that's um exactly the, the environment that i've come into that we well they've created before i came in and then we're, we're trying to continuously develop that and we have a policy of like leaving your egos at the door and and um it's very easy with the people that i work with i understand not everyone's as lucky as i am with the with the people that they work with but that's important what you just said there is we don't just sort of pigeonhole ourselves and say right this is what i'm good at we know that but we also know that i'm not going to develop other areas and and if i don't develop other areas by putting myself in a in a discomfort in you know in an uncomfortable place i can't improve which means i can't improve the people that i deal with so we run courses ourselves within clubs but if I don't have those different spokes to my wheel, then those people are going to miss out. So it, it is understanding what you're good at, but it's more important to understand what you're not good at and how 100%. you're going to improve that. And, 100%. and that's something so that I'm still working on. Yeah, 100%. And I think we, it's, it's an ever-growing process, right? And I, so I guess just to build on that then, you know, you're looking at where you're at now. Just talk to us what, you know, from a from a day on a day to day level, what does your role look like, and you know what are some of the biggest challenges that you face? Um, the day to day is so there's 15 um, coach developers across the country, and we service every professional club that we have, and and we get allocated certain clubs. So for example, mine are Watford, Arsenal, um, FC Wimbledon, Oxford, Luton, uh, and QPR. You know regionally you know geographically that's that's why they're kind of my clubs um and part of our role within there is is what i think is most important is we give the scholars in each of those clubs we get them to do a uefa c course um i'm really strong in that belief because it's something the pfa gives to to our members but as scholars but the world's a this world of being a scholar is, or an academy player is, is a harsh old world. And even though you're a great player, you, you must be to be in that room. The likelihood is 80% won't be, you know, 80% or, or even higher, won't be at that club in two years' time. So um, I personally, and I'm, I'm sure my department agrees, is I think that's essential that these guys get a qualification, that if they find themselves you know, having to chop down the ladder or or whatever it is, or look for a different career. At least they've got something that they can they can go. Oh, I can go and get some work now. Um, so that, that that's strong for me. And then then it's about working with the coaches. Uh, oh, sorry, the players in those clubs. So some want to be licensed, um, and then we'll we might put on a bespoke course for them within the club. Um, I have a few running at the moment, and. I've got selfishly, I love them because you get such an insight into a, a current player and in, in some good old good clubs, all different as well. 
bringing something different to the table. So I, I learn loads from those guys that come on the course. Um, we also run, so my sort of area at the moment is counter-attacking. So away from being in the clubs, I, I we were fortunate enough to go to Qatar to watch the World Cup. And we what we did was build a presentation, probably groups of sort of two and three, and, and we take them into clubs, we present them to staff, whether it be academy staff or whether it be first team staff, um, and report our findings. But we're, we're trying to keep that essence of, we do that by eye. We use stats, et cetera, to, to back up what we see, but it's all by eye. So so that's really interesting. And I carry on the counter-attacking. So I'll look at every WSL game, same with the Premier League, and I'll record what I consider as a counter-attack. Build some build a presentation around those that information just to try and share with people on our courses or, or club staff that we, we go into. So I, I find that fascinating. Um, and things like, you know, study tours, you know, like going to Qatar, that's not, I understand I'm very privileged to have been able to do that. We're still hoping to go to Germany, but, you know, because of the cost, a couple, only a couple of stuff went out to Australia for the Women's World Cup. We were all at the Women's Euros. Um, and you just get an insight from being inside the stadium. It's, it's, it's there's something about it that, that maybe it's just that little buzz or or something, and then you're you're there for a particular reason. So it, it's yeah, I'm very privileged and very lucky, and, and but that allows us to give actual genuine information that can help coaches improve and understand and and challenge coaches of what we think automatically and actually what the reality is, and that that's really important from our point of view. Mm. I, can, I can only imagine obviously you know throughout those experiences there you know you, you, the amount of insights you might have picked up not just but from an individual level but just even just learning off your colleagues and even the people around you so I guess you know one of the key things I kind of really hope that this, this podcast does do is allow people to be a fly on the wall in our conversation but more specifically um, be able to really kind of walk away and think about some stuff that they maybe can apply in their own journey so you know the, my question to you would be this you know, Obviously, having been a player to a certain standard yourself, and now obviously working as a coach and later on a coach educator as you are now, what you know, what maybe some of the key things that you wish you wish you knew at the start of your journey that you now know as a coach and a coach developer. Like, what 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 some of the things, the top things you think? You know, actually, if I knew this stepping into this career as a coach or as a coach developer, that yeah, this just would have just would have set me off on the right 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 or you know, hit the ground running if you like. Yeah, that's um, that's a great question. It's a difficult question. I don't have a magic answer. I think the thing that I've learned and I look back on, and like I say, some of those courses I went into very naively, um, but nothing happens overnight. Mm. If you want to be, if you want to be an expert in your field, there's no reason you can't be. Nothing at all, but it doesn't just happen at a click of a, a finger. So you can't go on a course and then become a world-leading coach. Um, as much as I wish I was that good that I could make do that, it's it's a set of ideas and principles and thought-provoking things that you've got to take away and practice. Um, and I didn't. Uh, my own journey, I was I was a, a scholar and I was a professional, and we, you know, working hard wasn't an option. You just did that. And I think dropping into non-league as a player, I gave up for a little while because I didn't 
I wasn't mature enough to understand, you know, I had some really good opportunities to join Don Lee yeah. teams. Um, so, let, let's, let's, because you, what you've just said, it just sparked another thought for me, right? And it just always takes me back to this thing where I'm sure you've been there and I know I definitely have and I know so many other people probably been in this moment where growing up, you know, your parents are telling you something and you're just like, nah, nah. And you later realise it, right? You later realise it. So what, if you, let's just think about it from a coaching perspective then. What are some of those things where you think, gee, I was told about this or I never quite understood that, but actually you had to go through an experience. You're like, ah, okay, I get what they meant now. What yeah, was some, have, you ever, yeah. have you ever had those moments really in your coaching career? Oh, what, 100%. I mean, in in my, not really in the, in the coaching career, yes, absolutely. So I, I think... I don't know if it's someone actually someone else tell you people tell you things and and they're right but you you, you might not remember the actual wording that they said yeah. I mean the biggest biggest lesson for me like you said it, it's more about the individual is how I approach things so I remember reading reading uh, there's a book called Legacy I don't know if you've read it about the the All Blacks right it's it's quite a popular book but and it's all about that environment that you create and it's like there was I don't know if I can say this on your podcast but there's there's a no can I say it? Yeah, go for it. Yes. Yeah. So, so there's a no dickheads rule, right? And I thought, oh, this is amazing because I'm, I'm sure people will think that of me, but they, I certainly played with some people that I would put in that bracket, if that makes sense, right? So, and and I'm sure they would say, you know, say the same of me. So, and I thought, this is this is brilliant. And then I, I was doing my A license at the time. So I'd just taken on uh, mainland women who were, you know, would would lose predominantly every every week and i went in and i'm like this is how we're going to be and and this is the rule we're going to have we're going to have a no dickheads rule and, and all that kind of stuff and then these guys were are phenomenal you know they would they would listen they would still share their opinion but they would listen and try and, and they would work hard and it took me probably a couple of months to go you got to know people before you even think about putting in any of these type of rules or, you know, enforcing your own views on people. So I've still got a lot of work to do, but I get that taught me to just listen, observe, and, and actually shut your mouth for a bit and 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 think about things before you speak, I suppose. Yeah. And it, is, it goes back to that age old saying, right? You know, you've got, you got two ears and one, one mouth for a reason. Right? So spend, <laughs> yeah. at least spend, spend more time listening than you do talking and you'll find out and it's, it's it's crazy because you know like, like you said i fully agree with you and i think the more and more time i've spent um especially in working with players and even just even as a coach developer you know you spend more time i kind of yeah just listening like, okay well where are you going where are you where are you going with this or where are you coming from with that and it's almost like through experience i think i've um i'd like to believe I've got to a point where through better understanding, you know, through listening, I'm able to ask more um, specific and relevant questions, which then allow, you know, the person I'm engaging with to kind of really connect their own dots. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- and I think that's the, that's the beauty of it, right? You just, you, you just plant a seed. But, the, but that's, you know, that's what you've done throughout this conversation is mm. they haven't come in with a set of questions. You, you've, let me talk which is not something that should be advised but you, you've let me talk and 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 provoke you know you're 
thought-provoking thought from my side of things, which is, which shows the skill set that you've got. And that's uh, it's overlooked sometimes. And I, listen, sometimes I, I still get it wrong. So you go in and because you've got this information that you want to give someone because you really want to help them, but they're not in that space to receive that information yet. So sometimes you've, well, most of the time, it's just about understanding and listening first to see, okay, I think this person needs probably a little bit more of this or I need to stop talking about this because that's not relevant at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's an art form I haven't perfected yet, but we're getting there. We're trying to, we're working on it. So I think it's invaluable, if I'm honest. 100%. So obviously, Nev, you, you know, you're in this role right now. What is the, you know, what does the future hold for you? Where, where to next? What, do you, what, what are you looking forward to? Um, I always get embarrassed by this question because you should have like this this perfect mapped out life, right? And and people have even taught me along my journey of going, you know, you, you should set a map of what you want to achieve. And, and do you know what? Yes, all, all I want at the moment is be excellent at what you do, help some people. So I went from a coach to a coach developer because as a coach, you can affect 15, 16 people you know, depending on your squad or, or or nine, ten, depending on the age groups. As a coach developer, I get the opportunity to, if I do my job well, impact 16, 17 coaches or or more that impact, you know, they provide a better service. Yeah. So I'm not the finished article in, in that sense. So I, that's my only goal, goal at the moment is be be good, get better, keep going. Yeah, and I'm smiling as well because literally what you've just said is exactly what I say to people and say, why coach development? I said, because the, the potential for impact is far greater. I mean, like a, I literally tell, like a working, I can work with a group of 16 players or I can work with a group of 16 coaches who have 16 players each. And then, yeah. you know, if my message is getting further out and further out, then obviously I'm having a wider impact, right? But I think the bit that's really interesting that you talked about having a map and, you know, you get told that you need to have a map, but actually... Maybe not having a map of what's next is because you're where you want to be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And um, being in a place where you want to be is just, I don't need a map. I just need to enjoy it. And that's, I think, yes, that, that that's something as as humans we forget sometimes. Like we all want, well, not everyone, but we all, most of us want more money. We want, you know, a bigger house and we want to provide for our families a bit more and all that kind of stuff. But it's, you you got to love what you do, right? Is and I'm very lucky to be in a place where I, I love what I do. Um, it, I can see, you know, being on this call, I can see that the, the smile on your face when when you something registers and you think about, you know, like how you're impacting these coaches and why you're doing what you're doing. So what I admire is that you're impacting people that listen to this call. So. Um, I'm not sure how much knowledge I've spread, but between our conversation, there'll be things that people will disagree with. But if we get them thinking, it, it, it it's a massive thing that you're doing. And I think that's the beauty of it, though, isn't it? I mean, it, it, the conversations I have with whoever comes on the, on the podcast is not about right, wrong. It's not about agreeing or disagreeing. It's about here's a perspective. Have you considered it? <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Or, or here's a journey. Can you relate? And if you can't, what could relating to this journey and understanding this journey do for your development and how could it how could it add more considerations to how you operate in your space whether that be as a player a coach a coach developer or whatever other you know involvement you have or if you're just an enthusiast about people do you know what i mean 
So yeah, I think, yeah. I, think well, I think that's the key. I, I think that's it's a brilliant point. I think going back to a, a couple of sentences ago where you talked about like what's had an impact on me. I think so one as a player. So when I was a sorry mate, if I'm going off. No, off, no, 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 no. Yeah, this, this topic, is brilliant. Right? Yeah, go for it, man. But like when I, when I played and I was a scholar and a term pro, I remember seeing a poster and I was on this poster. So it was about like, I won't say the name of the company, but it was about diversity. And I, and, and I was on there and I'm like, oh, you know, like I'm thinking I've made it and I'm, I'm on this poster. I'm a little kid from Hayes, you know, you know, and there was three other players on there. Uh, three players I've, I've never met. I remember one's name was Harpal Singh. I, I forget the other lads. But across the country, there, there must have been us three as Asian players that were professionals or scholars. And it took me till a long time later to sort of now reflect and go, I never had one phone call from that company or, you know, they, 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 didn't, they didn't ask permission, not fast about that, but it was like they were promoting how good they are, obviously. Okay, but there was no support. You understand, there wasn't a phone call to say, okay, this must be tough or, or how can we help you? And at the time I was like, look, at, you know, I'm on a post <laughs> telling my mates that are away from football and and it, it's it's nothing against them. I, th- there's a lot to try and deal with and, and 25 years ago, it's different to now. You can't just get to everyone. So it's not that I hold that against them, but it really stuck in my brain. And, and the other point to that would be... Um, when going from a coach's badge, it's quite difficult. You'll, you'll know, yes, it's quite difficult to get on your, your A licenses. Being a PFA member, I can get on the senior pros course that the, the, the FA run. Um, but someone advised me, said, look, you know, you're from this background. Speak to this person because I think they can help you. So I spoke to that person and they couldn't help. Again, nothing against them at all. Um, but those that that sort of department or that person was trying to promote diversity, etc. Um, and, and they didn't help. By the way, I'm not saying that they had to help or they should have done this, but when I look back, I go, I'm not sure if that was that helpful either. You know, was it because certainly the right skin tone for that help? Was it because I'm not a big name or, or, or whatever it is? And then as a coach developer, what I and I, I will get this wrong, I promise, but I want to leave an impression where someone doesn't go, a person didn't help me out, at, at, you know, later on in their journey. So it was nothing against those guys, but those are things, two things that's really stuck in the brain to go, okay, but that takes work to do that. If you want to impact everyone in a positive way, it takes a lot of work, right? It's, it's, and we won't always get it right. So I'm sure. You probably have a lot more disgruntled people than 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 me, but that that's something that sticks in the brain to try and shape who I am and who I help and how I help. Yeah, and I, I think I think that you know, like I, like I go back to what I said earlier. I think one of the key things that certainly for me in in in, in my role as a coach, I've got into this space because I want to help people. I enjoy this space because I like the idea of helping people, and I just get you know I'm, I'm fortunate enough, and I'm sure you you will share the passion in that. We're fortunate enough to be able to do that through something that we love, which is the game of football, right? And yeah. you know, like like you said, you want to be in a position where 
no one walks away from your interactions thinking, do you know what? That guy wasn't helpful. And not, not to yeah. say that you definitely you necessarily um, were able to do anything, okay. but it's the concept of actually being able to help and actually offering to help and being there as a source of support, right? That is the most important thing within that. And if, you know, if people can walk away thinking, do you know what? That guy's decent. Yeah. He, you yeah. know, he, he he made an effort, and I think that's that's the least you can expect or want from the interaction. Because you know, we, we can't we can't control what impact we have. We can't yeah. control, um, you know, one thing that impacts me might impact you completely differently. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think and, we can't control that. And and we'll get that wrong at times, definitely. You know, because you 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 misread where a person's at or or anything like that. But it's our job to try, right? our job to try so i share your passion 100 lucky and blessed to do this and and the more like you said earlier we're trying to impact some people in a good way don't mean it's about me so if they, as long as they don't go away going he didn't help me that makes sense so they might not really reflect and think oh never was brilliant that's okay as long as they're taking some of the ingredients that we've given them away with them and, and using them don't care who they praise for it but don't want them going away going. Well, let's, that was let's unhelpful. Fin- let's finish on that note then. Let's, 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 let, let me ask you this last question then. If there's one thing that you'd want people to take away from this or even think about going forward off the back of this conversation, what would that be? What's one thing that you you, you want to leave with them to think, start to think about if they're not already um, thinking about it? Well, it's achievable. you just got to put the time in. That, that's as simple as I can put it. There's no, you don't have to be a um, masterful tactician. You don't have to be, you know, the best person in the world at, at interpersonal skills. But you need to, if you put in the time and, and the effort, there's nothing that isn't achievable, you know, for, for people in the game. And sometimes we can use our, I guess, our ethnicity to to not put ourselves into the, uncomfortable zones that are challenging um i think that goes hand in hand with like do it go out and try it there's if certainly if i'm in this role there's there's no one that can't achieve that that's for sure so uh, it's not no magic words i'm afraid that's but but that's what i believe in i think anything's achievable if you put a time in but if you think you just want to turn up do one course and you'll be you know fantastic it it, it doesn't happen like that it, you know i didn't become a coach developer and all of a sudden be the best coach developer there is it's it takes time and, and that's ongoing and sometimes i think that younger younger times is we want things especially in this day and age we want things bang now um that's not what gets you to the to the top or not what i've seen anyway no, I'm with you on that. And I think it is, it is definitely a generational thing as well. Um, I think it's great to see that, you know, the, the generation of coaches is getting younger and younger and more people are engaging in it and involved in it. Um, but I do sometimes question why coaching? Why coaching? Yeah. Is it because it's glamorous? Is it because you want to be put involved in the game? And if you want to be involved in the game, there's so many different paths for you. But it, yeah. but it's also, you know, like I said, this it's just, it's just, again, it goes back to that the saying I was talking about earlier when you know you think or oh, some of the things that your parents told you, you think, oh, mum and dad don't know what they're talking about. 
Well, actually, they do because they <laughs> they they were they were us once, right? They, they, um, they always know. I, I think yes. Just sorry to interrupt. Just just quickly on that, I guess. Um, obviously, I'm the I'm a PFA. I work for the PFA. I'm a form. I am a member. That's what I promote, and we obviously want players in in roles and you know coaching roles, etc. But two of the best examples I've I've heard of lately is is um, one player was picking Liam Manning's brains on you know because he's he, we've seen him work, he's excellent. Um, and what Liam Liam shared some stuff with him. I I don't know what that stuff was, but he's like, but I've been doing this for fifteen years. In a sense, so like we see them at the top end, and we and that's how we know their name. But it's taken that journey. Uh, Brendan Rogers was the same as with a player the other day who, who's like, oh yeah, under fourteen, um, and he's you know thirty now, and he's like, Brendan Rogers was my coach. I'm like, I didn't even you know because we see him at the thing, and we think, oh, they've just they've just become brilliant coaches. It doesn't work like that. It's it's. It's that time that they've put in that we don't see, and we don't even hear about because they're not glamorous. Um, that make them good at what they do. hundred percent, and I, I think it is definitely the stuff that you do. Like, you know, as as they would say, what you do, you know, what you do, what you do in the darkness is what comes to light eventually. But there was a darkness <laughs> at, at one point, right? And it's when it's when it's what you're doing when people aren't looking that's going to help you yes. to kind of really hone your skills and develop yourself outside of that. So, no, definitely a great point. Nev, it's been it's been a pleasure, man. I really really appreciate your time and your uh, and your efforts to try and be with me in this conversation today. And um, I wish you all the best for your journey going forward, man. Hey, honestly, I thank you for your time. It, it's been a, a brilliant time spent, and I've I've got loads of notes in my head that I'm going to make after the things that you've said. So, uh, thank you. Amazing. There you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast, where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent, and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favorite episodes with everyone that you can think of. You can tag us in those mentions as well on Instagram at the Coaches Network or on Twitter at the Coaches Net. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And until next time, guys, take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.